Welcome to the Soul Patch Podcast, the podcast where three American expats explore different topics related to living and working in South Korea. With a combined 50 years of living experience in Asia, there are plenty of stories to tell. So, pop in your AirPods and make yourself comfortable. It's time for the Soul Patch Podcast. Yeah. Yeah, Do you want me to just... Just start. Yeah, absolutely. Kev, Kev, your story is like it's one of my favorite in, in all of Korea land of, of foreigners, etc. So tell it. Tell us what. Let's tell us first, like why? Why? Like a lot of people well, go to Dokto. Well, tell us what Dokto is. Yeah, let's let's yeah. just go ahead and start at back the up, beginning back. for the people who are listening. I mean, because because you guys know what Dokto is. I mean, Dokto is if you live in Korea, you you know what it is because it's it's something that Koreans are so proud of, and it's these two little rock islands. Um, and when I say rock islands, I'm not kidding. I mean, they are like, there's nothing that grows on them other than rocks and seagulls. Um, and they're way out in the East Sea. Like in order to get to them right now, they're building an airport in, in Ulungdo, but currently in order to get there, you have to take, um, it's like a fast boat. There's these really cool, like hydrofoil, like big ass boats um, that I get very seasick on. Um, and you, you take the first boat out to Ulungdo from, from the coast uh, and it's like an hour and a half or so on there. And then from Ulungdo, you can take normally one of these boats. It's another hour and a half or so on these pretty fast boats, just out on, into the sea, into nothing, until you get to these tiny little islands. And of course, from Seoul, first you have to go to East Sea. So to get to Dokdo, it's like, I mean, it's a proper full day or two trip. It's it's a hard thing to get to. And for people who are listening, Dokdo is these these two islands that Korea and Japan both claim. They're both basically saying, like, this is our land. And I mean, I'm coming from a Korean perspective, so I'm going to say that Korea has a stronger claim on it than, than Japan does. But regardless of historical claims or accuracy or any of that, Korea has people living there and they have military on the base. So, I mean, if nothing else, possession is mm-hmm. nine tenths of the law. They're Korea's islands. Now, now can I ask you a quick question? Like, um, mm. my understanding was the, the the relevance or importance of this is is something to do with fishing rights. Like, if you yeah. if that land is is Korean, then they have a certain um, access to uh, areas of fishing, and that's yeah. a big part of the the contention. Is that as far like, as I know, like there's and stuff there's... like that there's historical reasons and there's something that Koreans are very proud of. They're like, this is, this is our territory. So of course there's mm-hmm. the history of, of Japan, you know, like uh, over Korea and things like that. Um, and so Koreans, there's, it's a very nationalistic thing. Whereas most Japanese people, from what I understand, um, and I've not really talked to very many Japanese people about this, but from what I understand, most Japanese don't really care about the islands, oh, okay. but the governments do. The, the governments do care about them because yes, there's political reasons. It's for fishing rights. And I think there and might an be some other economic things and, political, and you know. exactly. And so that's like the, the real reason, well, the monetary reason that the government, that the, the governments fight for them. So normally if you do a Doko tour and it, have either of you guys ever been out there, have you ever, either of you done the tour? Dude, like, okay, no, wait, 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 wait. He just asked us like, have you been to Doko? Like, okay, let's make this clear also for the listeners. You don't just go to Dokdo. Like it's not a thing that a, like a lot of people have done, but I think for a lot of Koreans, right? I should say not a lot of like foreigners have done, but for a lot of Koreans, I do think it's a little more common because it is kind of like uh, it's a national heritage type of thing. It's like going to Mount Rushmore and taking a selfie kind of thing, right? It, that's about all that you do there. So the first time I went to Dokdo, <laughs> I've, I've been there three on three separate occasions at this point. And I'm going to go ahead no, and that say was this. so pretentious. Have you ever so... been to Dokdo? Oh, you've never been. Well, no. Oh. So... <laughs> Eat it. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, no. Okay. But so, so normally when you go, um, it's, uh, it's like I said, I mean, it's hard as hell to go out there, but it really is that the take a selfie in front of Mount Rushmore thing. It, it very much is that people go out there. And so first, you, like I said, you've got to get out to Ulingo and then you've got to go there. The, the first time I went there actually was with, there was a company here in Korea a bunch of years ago. Maybe they still exist. I don't know. It was called Adventure Korea. Um, and they used to do really cool, just oh, yeah. like trips for foreigners around. Is that the like a DMZ? They, they'll do DMZ runs and stuff like they that. They did the DMZ. Well, I, I don't. Yeah. Know. They probably did a DMZ, but like I did a couple of tours with them. I did one where it was like um, river rafting on one of the rivers, not too far okay. from here. I did one where it was like the Ulungdo and Dokdo one. They did it was a kind of adventure e trips, adventure Korea. Um, and so the one that I did was out to Ulungdo, which is just a cool island. And then I decided to sign up for the Dokdo one because what the hell. 
And um, when you normally the tour is you leave from Ungdo, you take this boat out for an hour and a half and you're just sitting on this boat, um, again, avoiding seasickness uh, and you get there. And again, there's nothing there. You, you land on this little like dock, this rock dock um, and you can get off the boat and you can only go in, like you can't even really explore the island at all. You can't go up, like, there's hiking trails and things around the islands kind of, and you can't explore any of that. You're just on that little dock and you're there for like 30 minutes ish. And there's nothing there. I mean, nothing. There's nothing to buy. There's well, no souvenir shop. How shops. many there's, people there's are with you on nothing. this on this tour? <sighs> Over a hundred, easily that fit on the boat. Oh, um, I was definitely. thinking more like uh, Gilligan's Island. You know, like, no, uh, no, a three it's, hour it's like a, tour it's like a... and you got stuck on Dokdo for you know. <laughs> it is... Well, yeah. the, the stuck one. I that's jumped the next ahead story. of. Uh, uh, um, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No, this is I the normal people. tour. Okay. It's a hundred. I think it's probably more, but I'm not very good at guessing people numbers, but let's just say a hundred ish. So you get off the boat and people just rush off the boat and they've got their Korean flags and they're, they're just like taking selfies and they're just like, we're on Dokdo, you know, like this is us. Um, um, and then they go on social networks and that's, that's what you post. Um, and then it's back on the boat and you're back to Ulingo and you're done. And that's Dokdo. And that's, that's all you do. And there's nothing to do there. Literally nothing to do there except take pictures to say that you have been there. So it's like, literally like a like a Mount Everest sort of situation where you just you just get to yeah. the summit, you stand there yeah. for thirty minutes, Era. and then you start going back. Then you go home. You're you're, you're yep. back. And it's I don't I think I think Dokdo doesn't even have like guano deposits. I mean, it's just like it's just bald rocks. There's nothing there. There, there are actually. Um, so the reason I went there on the second trip was to film a documentary and I watched the documentary. There's actually a ridiculous amount of seagulls that camp and live there in certain seasons. Like they mate and breed and stuff on Dokdo. Um, I learned this from the documentary that I watched. So like at one point, and I think the spring, there's like thousands and thousands and thousands of seagulls that, that are camped out on, on Dokdo. So um, there, there are some wildlife uh, there, but other than birds, there's, there's nothing and fish, of course. Um, so that so was the, the first, normal tour. You went, you went the first, just to keep things in order here. So you went the first time you went on a tour. It was like on a whim. Yep. Okay. I just was like, second, yeah, I'm, I'm here. What the hell? Let's do it. And you're like, this yeah, rock is time. so beautiful. I have to come back and see this. Yeah, again. gotta come back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's the best doc I've ever seen. Incredible. Well, so, so here's the thing is, and I'm going to go ahead and make this claim now. And if any of the listeners are, would like to, to, to refute my claim, I would love to hear this. I, honestly believe and i don't have the numbers to back this up because i don't know if these numbers are, are stacked anywhere i truly believe that among all foreigners like probably currently alive unless you go back to like the war times or something i believe that among like all non-korean people i have spent the most time on dokdo among any other foreigners if anyone thinks that they spent there longer than me I, after the story please contact me let's let's get together and have a beer because i love it it's a, a crazy place statement. if you were there for that long i'm, I'm willing to make a very I, I, I could be wrong but you'll, kevin you'll, you'll has understand thrown why. the dokdo gauntlet down so, so you understand why after you we talked about on the soul patch you heard it on the soul patch you heard it on the soul patch there it is so the second yeah. the second time i went there this is the epic one the third time was really cool and that was a different story but the second time is really the, the where i clocked my dokdo hours in and where things just went weird um this was back in 2013 2014 one maybe 2014 i think um and as we've mentioned a couple of times i was really into free diving right and because of corona i haven't been out diving in a very long time but still something that I like to do. Can anyway, you define and that for us? Is that's where you go free diving? You hold your water, you you hold your breath underwater for it's, it's breath breath hold diving. Yeah, I, I you hold your breath and dive as deep as possible or hold your breath for as long as possible, which is something cool because it's basically Henyo, like the Korean sea ladies, like they have those in Korea and in Japan. Right. Got, like the one Jeju of the oldest yeah, like the women? oldest history yeah. of breath hold divers in are in Korea and Japan. And one of these days I'd love to dive with dive with them, but that's a different, different story entirely. Yeah. Um so I was really into freediving um, a few years ago. And when I got really into freediving, at the time, freediving wasn't really a thing yet here in Korea. Now it is. Now when I go to the pools to, to train freediving or I go out to the, the sea or whatever, I meet like, everyone's just like, oh, I'm a freediver, I'm a freediver, I'm a freediver. Um, I'm an instructor, I'm an instructor. Like it's, it's blown up in the bunch the last few years. But at the time in 2013, 2014, I became a freediving instructor and there were literally like five of us 
uh, in Korea. There were like five free diving instructors. I knew them all. Like the, the community was really small. I knew everyone in, in the community. Um, and I was the only foreigner in the community as well. So I was known to everyone in the community because like a few years ago, you know, if you're a foreigner who speaks some semblance of Korean in a group, in a relatively small group, you will be known to, to everyone in the group. Were you so, Dokdo guy? Is that what, what did you have a nickname? No, this anything? is well before okay. I went to Dokdo. Oh, I was, okay. I was okay. just, I was just Kevin, just Kevin, just the, Kevin. the foreign freediver. Okay. Um, so I got this really cool opportunity because I was one of the, I was a foreigner in Korea and I was one of very few like trained freedivers. I was an instructor at the time. And one of my buddies, a freediving friend of mine, uh, was also an instructor. So one of the other handful of us. And somehow he, oh, right. He got contacted because at the time he was the Korean freediving record holder. Actually, he had the, the deepest dive. He dove to 77 meters or something crazy like that on, on a single God. breath. Um, yeah, it's far below my, that my gives record. me <laughs> anxiety just thinking yeah. about it. Cause I, I could dive 70, you know, seven meters. Um, I, that's the end of my dive. Yeah. I, I stay down well, there. Well, if you ever want to learn, I'll, I'll be happy to teach you, Jack. We'll, we'll jump in the pool and I'll, I'll teach you how to not breathe. How to not um, breathe for five minutes. Okay. Yeah, it's, anyone can do it. Um, okay. So this this buddy of mine, he, he got contacted probably because he was the Korean record holder. And then they asked him, yo, do you know some other people that you can bring along? And he contacted a few people and I was one of them because NBC, one of the big television companies here, they were filming a documentary about Dokdo. And so they had been out there on the island like all year long. Like I said, they were filming. It was a full like a nature documentary basically about, about Dokdo. So they were doing the seagulls and the, the land and the sea and just, just everything about, about Dokdo. And they were like, we want some free divers because we think it would be cool to film people breathful diving, swimming around the beautiful waters of Dokdo and, and enjoying the fish and just kind of like as a model, basically, like you're a swimming model in, in the sea. And then my buddy was like, oh, I've got a foreigner who would be, I've got a foreign buddy who would be cool to bring along as well. And I think one, because I was an instructor, so I was relatively skilled at free diving. And two, because foreigner, it just adds a little bit of flair to their documentary. So they invited me to come along and I was like, sure what what the hell this sounds fun i was gonna get paid like a tiny amount it was like two three hundred dollars or something like that to go out for the plan was to go out for four nights i think like from seoul to go out for four nights and then be back in seoul and this was the middle of the semester by the way so the total, total um, round trip was four four nights i believe so i think that was the original plan it, yeah, was, was, a long time, but it was three or four but i'm leaning towards four nights yeah there and back to seoul um and if uh, fortunately, I think this is a bunch of years ago past the statute of limitations because I, I kind of fudged a bunch of classes when when I was there. Ryan helped me. Um, here in accomplice. <laughs> yeah. part of, I'm, I'm co-conspirator to this yeah. at this point. So, so it's okay. um, it was supposed to be over a weekend. So I was going to miss like one day of classes or something. And of course, I told the students, like, dude, I'm going to go film a documentary on Dokdo. And they were just like, what? Go. And they were like super stoked for me. Um, and so we go out there. Right. And and we we take the boats and boats and boats and we get out to Dokdo. And um, the first day we arrive, it's it's us and the film crew. And I, I'll never forget because we arrived on, on Dokdo with the same passenger boat that normally the tourists get off. And so all of these tourists who are there for the 30 minutes, they pile off the boat and they are just like taking picture, picture, picture. Meanwhile, me and, and our crew, we're pulling out these big bags of shit like you know everyone else is just off and on we're just pulling all of our luggage and and all of this camera gear and setting it on the side and all these screens like what the hell are those guys doing we're like, oh we're camping we're, we're hanging out here um and so already i was like yeah i'm part of something i'm part of something cool at this point um so then everyone else gets on the boat and we're left on this tiny little island and there's two of these islands so then we actually took our they put all of our stuff onto tiny little boats and we went over then back to the east eastern of the two islands there's east and west island basically there and on that island there is a small minbak sukso like it's a like a just like not a hotel because you can't stay there it's just kind of like a building with rooms where you can sleep crash in, pad basically yeah. and and that was going to be our pad and there were like 20 ish of us maybe just under 20 of us in the crew total 
And me and the free divers, or four of us total, we got one tiny room together that had one bed and a floor. And we were we were in this tiny little room. Um, and the first day we jumped into the water and we did a little bit of filming and we were like, this is cool. Let's, you know, we've got a couple more nights. And then that first night, because we did it Korean style, they brought all this food on and we just did like massive barbecue and soju bottles and just just had a good a good night, like talking about Dokdo and, and, and enjoying the fact that we're on Dokdo and it's really cool. Then the next day, the plan again was to be there for like three nights on Dokdo. I think we spent one night getting there because um, again, it's an epic trip. Uh, and so we were we were on Dokdo and the plan was to be there three nights. And we're like, okay, the next day we're gonna do some more filming, drink some more soju, do some more filming, drink some more soju, go home. And that, that's basically what, what the Is plan was. Is soju consumption conducive to free diving? That seems like oh, it no. might oh, be oh, hung no. over. Yeah, that affect your no. It's a yeah. terrible, it's a terrible it's idea. A terrible idea. Um, okay, okay. Uh, but I, we weren't getting like totally hammered. It was just, you know, like having a, a I mean, yeah, en enough to maybe feel it a little bit the next day, but not too bad. Because um, I've had some hangovers where, you know, if I'm oh, yeah. going down a certain depth, it's like, I'm not going back up. Yeah, it's not fun. It's, it's, it's yeah. not fun. Um, but the plan was, we were just all like, it was kind of going to be an enjoyable just few days, do a little bit of work in a day, go out diving, which is just fun for us. Go out, and it's going to be some tough diving, but go out diving enjoy the waters of this cool island and it, it, the water there actually is pretty nice it was a bit cold because we were there in november october or november so the water was like 12 degrees it was a bit chilly what are you, um, you guys wearing you're wearing a wetsuit obviously oh yeah i i actually i had a um uh, uh i borrowed a wetsuit because i didn't have a five millimeter thick one at the time and the freediving wetsuits are like custom fit to your bodies so they're really tight so i was actually fine in the water Mm -hmm. and i don't do good i don't do well in cold water in general but i was okay so um the the plan was dive drink dive drink go home then day two so we'd only done one day of diving day two suddenly the, the water the waves start to come in and there's a storm building outside and this is where things oh, start boy. to get a little bit sketchy where and this is also like if you're on the ulundo trip if you're one of the tourists who just want to go to dokto you kind of have to get lucky because it's out in the middle of the damn ocean and so the waves out there are just very unpredictable. And the boat, if the waves are getting too big, the boat won't go out. Like, so tourists just, it's like, sorry, your, your tour today got canceled. And so a lot of people go out, they're like, we're gonna do the Dokdo tour. And then they just get canceled on because the weather just gets shitty. And so the next day, the weather was too shitty for us to go out and do diving. And it was too shitty for the, the boat to come in as well to, to bring the tourists in and all of that. But we were like, well, we've got a couple more days. Let's, you know, sit this out and, and see what happens. Well, then the weather just got progressively shittier <laughs> for the next like three or four or five days. The waves were just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. They were coming in up over the dock and we can't do any diving in that, of course. Yeah. And so at this point, we're stuck. We're stuck in Dokdo and we're just like, okay, we don't know how long we're going to be here. Um, the boats just aren't coming. So the tourist boats aren't coming. There's no boat coming out here. It's just not what, safe. What are you guys doing? Are you just sitting in that little room? That little, little basically, pod, basically? Um, like there's no, because like I said, it's, it's, it's this tiny little island. So there's nothing to do. Um, I sat in the room. I, fortunately, I brought a book. Um, I killed it in like a day and a half. I, I just plowed through it because I had nothing else to do. I burned through all of the data on my phone because like we said last week, like we have 4G even on, on this I crazy island. I can't believe you still had internet service out there. That's oh, I know crazy. It, was, it was epic. So I, I burned yeah. through all my data. I, I read my entire book and then there was this, there was one small hiking trail. Um, it wasn't even a hiking trail. It was just stairs up, 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 up this mountain, this like little mountain. And we, we hiked it two times every day or something because there's just it's like, you want to go back up to the top? Sure. And, and so we just, we did it because there's nothing else to do there. Um, and where things got really crazy was because then the, so the waves kept coming in and kept getting worse. At one point I'm like, I need to get home. Like I, I'm supposed to be at work today like i'm supposed to be at work this week uh like now and i'm talking to ryan through chat and i'm talking to my my uh, wife at the time or was it fiance it depends on when we were there i'm like i just want to go home this sucks uh and at one point ryan helped me because I'm, I'm like how do i cover my classes what the hell do i what, what do i do i can't contact them i don't want to tell the school that i'm stuck on dokdo and I'm, I'm missing work right now because well because that's, that's a very that's fun. a believable excuse uh, <laughs> right. I'm on Dokdo. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah sure. So <laughs> what I uh... what I do remember doing, and Ryan, you probably remember this as well. I remember I went outside um our tiny little like place just right in front of the water, and I, I held up my phone and did a selfie video. And I was like, hi everyone. 
I'm in Dokdo. And I've panned around to show the sea where it's just like, it was snowing on us at one point and the waves are crashing over. And I'm like, I'm stuck. I'm sorry. And I, I remember asking Ryan, I was like, can you just go into my class and, and show this to them at the beginning of class and tell them to go home, but, but show this to them so that they have some sympathy for me. Um, and so that's basically how I covered my classes. Then I got back and made it up somehow, I'm sure. But that was, that was how I covered that. And where the story got even worse or more epic, I don't, depending on how you want to do it or just another fun wrinkle to it was because again, we were planning on being there for like three or four nights, right? So that first night when we just went like, some gets all crazy, we're burning through our food supplies. Oh boy. There's no, you can't resupply on food here. There's nothing there. There's no a, corner store. They don't have store. a Costco on uh, Dokdo? <laughs> no Costco, oddly enough. <laughs> you think it would You think it would have enough business? No. Now, how does, it. Uh, oh, sorry, what did you say? I, I, I step in the line there, Ryan. Oh, I was saying you got to go fishing. Oh, you right. Well, or or seagull hunting, you know? And that's seagull hunting. What, <laughs> uh, that's actually what ended up happening for us. So after three or four days, we basically ran out of food. Um, and I mean, they, they still had rice because you always have rice, right? And so we had just rice and not a lot else. Rice, I think we had some ramen and, and that's about it. Well, at, at one point, maybe after day probably after day five. So after like day two, we started rationing the food just a little bit to, to get it to last us a little bit longer. Um, and by around day five or six, uh, we were pretty much out of, of food. And at this point, this is where a couple of the guys, and now the waves are getting small enough for us, not really to film. They can't put the cameras in the water yet because these are like underwater, like high def HD cameras. I mean, they cost like 50 grand a piece or something like that. Like these, these cameras are epic, massive things. So they can't throw those in the water yet, but the free divers, um, well, we don't really need any gear. We just jump in the water and, and go swimming. And a couple of the guys, uh, and I'm not going to use any names because this is a, a bit on the illegal side, decided to do some spear fishing while we were there. And, and oh, Korea is weird. Uh. Yeah, yeah, that's what you said. We went fishing. Well, we went fishing. Spear fishing actually is really weird in Korea. It's actually illegal to go spear fishing in, in Korea. Fishing is fine. Normal fishing is fine. But there's laws against spear fishing primarily because they don't understand, like, they just haven't written laws for spear guns especially like for spear guns with a when you're on scuba that makes sense for it to be illegal in my opinion because you're underwater you're breathing it's just like you just shoot fish but when you're free diving you're on a single breath of air it takes quite a bit of skill to go down and hunt the fish like no one is going to drain a fish population free dive spear fishing um so they should change the laws on this in my opinion change, but uh, make a, it illegal you should get a medal for that if you catch right something. it's it's yeah. yeah, spearfishing is another really cool thing. So a couple of the guys went in and did some did some spearfishing. A couple of people did some henyo style diving, and they were basically like just picking up the like different like mussels and clams and, and yeah. things like that off of off of that. And so then a couple of the guys they they came back, and I wasn't very good at spearfishing, so I just kind of like snorkeled around and watched watched the the guys know who know what they're doing. I let them do the actual hunting. Um, something I want to learn, but I just have never gotten around to. And so they went out and did some fishing and some some foraging in the sea and that was our dinner for the next couple of nights actually but it was a bit more fun than this because our our dinner for the next couple of nights all of the like mussels and clams and and these kind of like uh like a, it's a, called a soda it's like a big snail basically an underwater snail like snail it's got like a big like round shell and goes up in there um and you just pop it out there you can cook them a bunch of different ways we ended up just making soda pop it's like I don't know what they're called in English, like giant snail. I'm just going to call it giant snail, giant snail rice, moon snail, sea sails, something like that. Yeah. So mm -hmm. we, they just cut it up and threw it into rice. And that was, that was dinner. We didn't have some, we didn't have all the meat. We didn't have anything. It was just rice with little chopped up bits of seafood in it. One of the guys, I felt really bad because he actually caught a couple of like proper decent sized fish. Like I'm, I'm holding up my hands for the people who are listening. It's a good, like you know, a foot and a half, two foot sized fish. Like they were, they caught a couple of good things. And we actually didn't get to eat those because at this point we're so out of, of gear or not gear, but like supplies that the producer, um, he is in contact with, because the other island, we're on the east, eastern of the island, the west island, there is a uh, marine or, or um, what's the like coast guard base basically on, on that other island. 
and and the producer because you're gonna have to get like government you have to get government permission to, to stay on Dokdo, which is another reason that was really cool for me to go there like just to get this government permission very unique thing and um he was in touch with with the the military over there and he's like yo we got some fresh fish for you uh can you trade us Shamsid? And so we had this, we sent over our fish. And so my buddy who caught these two fish, he was just like, oh my God. but he had to, he basically gave up his fish and we traded it for um, ramen, soju and cigarettes. Um, for, for the <laughs> now crew. cigarettes, is that part of the free divers? Uh, none uh, of, none of the free divers smoked. Okay. Um, okay in that team. Although I, I do know some free divers who do smoke, but none of us in that specific crew, they did. It was more of the, the, the filming crew. They smoke, so they trade it for for just other necessary supplies, apparently. Um, and and so that's like we we traded, yeah, with the Marines for for food and and alcohol. Uh, and then our last like few nights was just waiting for the waves to get down. Finally, on the last two days, the waves were down low enough. We actually did get out into the sea and do some filming. And I'll I, I've got the link on on YouTube, um, I cut out my part of the documentary actually um, with just the free divers in it. So I've got that on, on a YouTube video. I will send it to you, Jack, to put it in the liner notes if anyone Oh yeah, wants yeah, to, sure. I'll put a link to, to watch it. That sounds so cool, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it is actually a cool video to watch it. And I'm easy to spot because um, even when I'm underwater, I'm the only one wearing like a camouflage suit and I've got white fins as opposed to like black fins. So it's just like, oh, there's there's Kevin. It's super easy to spot me, which is which made it even more cool that like I got because I was wearing a cool suit. I got a little bit more uh, camera time, I think. Mm. Um, so in the end, we were there for nine nights on Dokdo. Nine nights nine when we were supposed to be there for three Dokdo. on the island. Nine, nine nights on this tiny little island running out of food with nothing to do, um, attempting to work. And and then then that's it. And then we finally went home. And of course, I still got paid the same like 200 bucks because, you know, it wasn't there wasn't any overtime for for any of this. Pretty sad. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and that was that trip. And at the time, I just remember thinking, like I said, I, I called my, my fiance at the time. I was like, honey, I just I just want to go home. This is bullshit. I, I don't want to be here. It's snowing. The rain is the waves are coming in. It sucks. Uh, now it's a cool story. I'm, I'm very glad to to have that story. But it, it was it was crazy and something that I never would have expected and to to be able to have gone to Dokdo and stay there to sleep on Dokdo to dive on Dokdo is something that I mean most Koreans haven't been to Dokdo even to do a tour all of those other things like to even find a Korean person who's done that is is very rare and to find a foreigner who's been there for that long, I think, is again, that's where I'm making the bold claim that I have been I, there the longest. I, you'd be hard pressed to find a Korean person that spent nine days on nine nights on Dokdo Island. Other than I mean, the military who are, who are based there and the other people who have like filmed documentaries and things like that, or people who might be out there researching or something like that, which and is God again, knows yeah, how, a very how, small population. What bad luck, you know, bad straw you drew to get the, you know, that uh, assignment in the military, you know? Just right. don't don't send yeah, me to Tokyo. Don't send me to Tokyo. Yeah, no, no, you know, yeah, I'm going to Tokyo. Yeah, so so that was that was that trip. I did go one more time after, but unfortunately the story isn't quite as epic. I'll just wrap it up really quick. I got to go another time, again connected to diving, but this time it was for for translation. I got to go to there was an underwater um, uh, photography festival for foreigners coming in to do underwater photography there. And so they needed someone to talk to all the foreigners to, and basically to translate between the Korean crew and the foreign divers and be like, okay, food is this way, lunch is this way. Oh, you, this is your dive spot and things like that. And so I went one more time a couple years later and I got, I don't know if you guys can see it. I have a little like Dokdo, like paperweight here from, from that. Um, and so that was, yet you know, I was again, clocked more time on Dokdo there. We weren't sleeping on Dokdo that time. We, we were staying on Ulungdo and we, we went out on the boat every day, two or three days for that. But I, I got yet more Dokdo time. I can't believe there, they didn't so. just make you an honorary citizen after that. I mean, that's... Uh, <laughs> I, I probably should. Yeah, honestly, yeah. like, that's... <laughs> just yeah. Go, yeah, just be, go to immigration and be like, I spent nine nights on Dokdo and they'd be like, here, you're here, sir. You're, you know. Yeah, I'm more Korean than you at this point, I, I think. I qualify <laughs> for... I need the special passport, the one the president's got. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh, man, that yeah, is so th that was crazy. It, it was an, yeah. an epic story. I mean, but like I said, it's it's a 
cool story. And it really is like the, I'm glad I said yes to it at the time. I got to, I got to be in a documentary about Dokdo, which again, I'll link you. I got to have this crazy story about going there. And I'm super glad that I did it, even if it was stressful at the time. You know, all the best stories have stress at the time. Well, were you hesitant at any point to like say no to this? You know, because no, because you. Everyone I think the knows only reason I was really hesitant rocks, was you know? because it was in it was during the semester, and I, I didn't want to fuck with work. Uh, oh, and that was okay. that was probably like if it was during the summer, there would have been zero hesitation. I've been like, yeah, I got nothing else to do this week. Like, let's go to Dokdo. What the hell? Um, but because it was in the middle of the semester, I was hesitant, but they were like, yeah, it's just going to be a weekend trip. It's in and out 20 minutes. You'll be fine. Um, and then it was, it was not that, uh, so otherwise, no, I mean, I, I was, I was happy for the opportunity. My buddy told me you can go to Dokdo. I was like, this sounds fun. Like I get to be in a documentary. You're going to, you're going to pay me to do this. Even if it's only a couple hundred bucks, like what yeah. the hell this is, this is going to be cool. That's a very cool uh, opportunity. I mean, I, yeah, I, I, uh, I can't, I can't imagine, um, you know, how you must have felt when you start hitting like day five and day six, and you're rationing food. You must have. It's, did it ever cross your mind? You're like, am I getting out of here? You know, like, is this what? What if the weather were, gets even more serious? That that is like months. I'm suppose that's like typhoon season, right? I mean. Is yeah, that... I guess it would have been because October, November, it's like right at the end. I don't know if yeah. there was a typhoon that came through or, or what. I don't oh, know the specific funny. weather pattern. But there definitely were, there was talk at the time of like, how long are we going to be here before they like send a chopper out for us or something? Yeah, like, right. like, yeah. There was talk about it at the time. I remember I'm just being like, like, when the hell are we going to get out of here? I don't know when that would have actually happened i don't know what like if we really really ran out of food like fully like we have no more rice what would have happened at that point probably the military would have just given us supplies i i would assume i would hope they're not going to let us starve on on the island um that would be really bad press but uh, no there was definitely i mean all of no one wanted to be there at, at that point like the first night i mean it was just all jovial everyone's like hey i mean the film crew they were like we're back on dokdo this is fun we're here with this foreigner who, who kind of speaks korean this is hilarious um and it was just all good times and then by yeah, day day nine or ten it was just like here's some shitty rice for dinner go go <laughs> it's eat got it muscles. And go back to your room <laughs> it's got muscles uh, yeah. that's that's what we've got there the, the spirits definitely sank by by the end um at least until finally it was like the boat's coming tomorrow we're like oh my god our saviors god i can't imagine that that uh that first night at home must have been just heavenly no, like you know yeah just just getting back was yeah very so how was very how nice. was the road how, how was the road back because it was unplanned so when you finally did get out what time did you leave the island honestly i i think i think we still left the island it was daytime i don't remember like okay. exact like time i don't remember exactly did how it get, worked but it was definitely all back all in the same day i pretty big haul it is a big haul i i kind of think we did i think they arranged for us they got the timing right because the hard part is to get back from dokdo and then you have to catch the, the regularly scheduled boats from ulungo to Paris. the mainland yeah. um but i i'm pretty sure this is again this was a bunch of years ago and at this point i just remember like it being over it's like i'm done i'm going home um but no i, I don't remember having to spend another night on on Ulingdo. i'm pretty sure it was just like fly us back and then we got back into town on on that day so i think it was yeah it was a long haul i mean it's, it's a, a full day and like the boat that we got back out on as well it was one of the military boats that came out it wasn't one of the like the, the wow. tourist boats That's it was a military cool. boat that came out that we got to go back on i mean it was still it's like a it, it like, it's a military boat with like seating and stuff for yeah. like non-military people um but yeah it was we got to go out on, on that and they were just like i think it was just pick us up and go back like they weren't bringing out tourists on that day or anything it was just we got to get those those crazy docu crew back to the mainland wow yeah. you were a castaway on dokdo <laughs> i was very much castaway we were all yeah castaway on on dokdo and I should get a Dokdo tattoo or something at this point, actually, just to, to show my <laughs> Dokdo and Udinang. That's, that's what the Koreans say. Dokdo is our, our territory. Yeah. So. yeah. But as a teacher, that's a great story to share with your 
students. Oh, and it's, it's a great story to show. Is yeah, any any Korean people, and it's like, have you been to Dokdo? I was like, ah, yeah. I've I've been there for nine nights. I I slept on this. I was like, what? Huh? Who who are you? Like, oh, I'm I'm Mister yeah. Dokdo. Um, yeah, like you have to wonder, like, you know, not to keep on beating the point, but like when you think about the fact that you got to sleep there even one night for a foreigner <laughs> to do that, it's just it's, not available. It's not it's a not. thing. It's not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You had, like you said, you had a government permi- permission. It's not available for Korean people that, to just do it. Like, just right. To sign up yeah. For so even for most Koreans, it's, it's insanely rare. And then to have that like accidentally extended, like, yeah times you know that's yeah, like nine days i mean that's nuts <laughs> nine, that nine nights nine nights, nine ten, nights, days, nine nights. ten days yeah um i i just read an article maybe we talked about this last week but um for the i we did right for the independence day uh korea's independence there were we mentioned it after flights. we cut oh did, yeah. was it okay we didn't mention it on the podcast like they they you could pay for a flight where they take mm-hmm. you you never actually you you land in the same airport where you right. you leave flying you tourism yeah. terrible for the environment um yeah i mean that to me that's like the most depressing the trip you could ever take would be where one where you the, you you take off and land at the same airport it's yeah. uh, but in, a, in, a in this case they they're doing a drive by uh of dokdo right because right. Of yeah the, yeah they the were to show I, I read that yeah. Exactly. I read that same article and there were I think there were two flights that flew out for for the the not Independence Day. What, what was the day? Liberation Day. All right. Um, yeah. And I think there were two flights. It was like one in the morning, one in the afternoon. I remember reading the same article and one of the someone that they interviewed from it, they were like, yeah, I got to show my my children Dokdo. And again, for, for people who are listening, like Dokdo is this island that Korean people really care about. Like it's it's our it's their land. Like this is their thing. And, and the government, like the, the two governments, the Korea and Japan, they're fighting about it for, for reasons. But the Korean people, they're like, no, like we care about it. If you talk to most Korean people, they will say like, oh, yeah, of course, Dokdo is, is ours. And if you talk to most, well, if you talk, it's got a different name, of course, in, in Japanese. So there's like most Japanese people. But even then, from what I understand, they're like, what's the, Jap- the Japanese? Is it Takashima? It is. Yep. Yeah, it was actually really funny. I remember when I was there on, uh, on, on Dokdo the first couple of nights when we were all sitting around drinking, I was like, should I make a Takashima joke or not? Like if, if I'm a foreigner here, like if, I, if I say like, is this funny or not? Like if I say like, you know, like cheers to Takashima before I take a drink, like, am I going to get my ass beat or not? Like on, on this. Um, and I was the like, ocean. Do they're like, no, <laughs> yeah, we only had yeah. only, only three, uh, only three divers came foreigner? with us. There weren't there was, four. There, there was no three. foreigner. Yeah. There was no foreigner. Um, here. Yeah. And fortunately the, the Koreans that I was with, one of them made the joke before I did. I was like, Oh, sweet okay this is this is fair game we have a sense of humor here we are allowed to joke about about takashima allowed to joke about dokdo so it is a joke that you're allowed to make it's not that okay. sensitive of, of a topic but it is something that korean people do and then you were like damn about. it that was that was gold i i yeah i, I could have used that opportunity that was man. mine um but yeah it's it's funny how like you're right it is uh it's super contentious if you if you ever listen to a korean person talk about it they get very animated about the you know um i mean it, it's the the history with japan I, is 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 so yeah, horrible i think i, I just I, saw something about like the, the the president moon jae-in he was just in some european country i just saw it really briefly on the news like in the last month sometime during the olympics i think and they were like oh yeah our our history books of korea and japan you know like when they were sending the explorers like way back in the like 15, 1600s. And they were like, our history books, our maps from this time, they, they show Dokdo as Korean territory. And so Korea is just always looking for things to be like, oh, look, this other country is corroborating our story that this was Korean territory, even back 400 years ago. You guys mm-hmm. have probably seen it as well. You know, like if you take the, the airport train out yeah, to, to Incheon, right? On it's always on loop. Right. It's an advertisement. There's like a loop. Yeah, yeah there's a loop that's basically like, Dokdo is Korean. According to these historical documents, it shows yeah. that Korea was here and, and blah, 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 blah. Like this is something. Well, actually, I'll, I mean, you said you said that, you know, you're, you're kind of like maybe biased because of uh, being in Korea, whatever. I, I took a deep dive when I learned about Dokdo, I wanted to understand what the conflict mm. was. Because right. the first thing I discovered, which probably everybody discovers, you look at you know most of the propaganda about it, shows a picture of it. 
And you look at it, you're like, that's not really that impressive. You know, you're no. like, well, it isn't. I mean, it's just a couple of rocks. I mean, it is the most yeah. boring ass island you could imagine. In the middle of nothing. There's nothing you can yeah. see. Yeah. So, so I, I put a little effort into trying to understand what the conflict was all about. And man, I don't think you're being biased in saying that. Like, Korea has such a better claim to the to the land. It's it's like yeah. the, the 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 debate is kind of like Korea just wants like, hey Japan, just admit it's ours, and Japan's like, meh. Oh, right, right. <laughs> like, it's, yeah. That's not they're not even fighting back. They're just like, no, nah, I don't, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to say that. But they're not like making. Well, there was... Japan's not making an effort to get to Takashima. Japan's not like, as far as I know, there's no like, is there has there ever been a conflict for Dokdo? In, in terms of that no there's never been like a nice yeah. that i've ever heard of however like if you're in osaka um, do you see like advertisements to like dokdo no. but, but just recently i did see again in the news maybe within the last two three months or so um they were angry about this in the news because there were some japanese school books that were claiming takashima as theirs oh. and so there is some mm. japanese propaganda out there it's not nearly as as pervasive as the koreans is and again i i agree with you i think korea has a, yeah, but is that, is that, does that textbook does that textbook just simply have a map and then it includes the word takashima on these little rocks probably, or is it like a paragraph that says you know korea stole this land from us and like you know i think it's more like the first case like it is it is almost certainly like i don't remember exactly but I, i'd be willing to bet that it is like that first case yeah it's just like here's a map of japanese territory yeah. and it includes this tiny island out in the middle of the the from Japan, they call it the Sea of Japan, the East Sea. Um, yeah. And this is so, all part yeah. of, this is also, you have to set this in the context of some other issues as well, like the, um, and we, we don't have to get into this, but um, the comfort women, uh, you know. Just, there's uh, a lot of things that, that, yeah, Korea and Japan are just fighting for things for, and, and Japan is just like, eh, we're just not gonna. Well, because yeah, it's almost like, um, I, I don't know if this is the right expression, but it's almost like Japan is gaslighting Korea in some ways, you know, by just refusing to admit reality. It kind of drives well, people crazy. You know what I mean? In it's general, like, they, they have a policy that's that's from here forward looking. So mm -hmm. they it's it's in it's embedded in, in their current politics and it's been for quite a while as to like there is no room for apology because it's not that they don't feel bad for those events it's that apology is not not applicable that belongs mm -hmm. to a different people a different era we're here we're going forward is the and way then I understand. and then i think that and then frustrating I think for anybody else on the outside because it's like come on i mean you could just admit that these things happen i mean that's right. the smallest thing you could do um and not also when, when when the prime minister of japan will go to a certain shrine and and uh pay respects to certain people who were uh you know perpetrators of these war crimes yeah. that's where it gets all kind of muddy because it's like um you, you know they're 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 willing to look back in that specific instance yeah but, right so it's like i i do think there is a i don't know if they're just sitting there like twisting their mustaches going we we gaslighted them you know koreans are so upset but it is um i think uh there is a uh yeah, like you said, like they just can't, why can't you just, let's just admit the reality and then that you can move forward. And then move but on. Yeah. Instead, yeah, it's like, you, people like, are stuck. like an adult. <laughs> yeah, like an adult. Yeah, you oops, just acknowledge the reality of what happened. Um, you yeah, know, I'm, I'm like, biased. You're, I'm talking yeah. smack about Japan. I'm biased. It's like, right. it's like I met, I, I used to, I had, uh, I had some uh, uh, German friends, their younger generation, like my, you know, Generation X or whatever, my, my age or, or a little bit younger. And uh, they're, you know, super liberal. They love Michael Moore and they, you know, were, you know, you know what I mean? It was just like they they had evolved past this because there was some sort of, you know, admission. And so you, 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 you they moved past it, you know, in a way there's still we remember it, but there was an acceptance of responsibility, which is kind of important. And I feel like there it's just never it's never going to happen. And the time is running out so so quickly here because the age of these uh of the victims is, is they're just getting you know people are, are getting so much older and uh yeah. they're just kind of running the clock out instead of just like taking responsibility it's like we're just going to run out the clock and uh i can understand why well, that would piss a lot of people off you know and i think that i think so coalescing around something like dokdo is is some like tangible thing you know that you can you can you can rally around even though it's just yeah, a piece of personifies rock. personifies the whole the whole it, dynamic exactly yeah. and and uh but there's and no, so there's, no threat of a, there's no threat of that being a flashpoint like 
Mm-hmm. No, no, it's never going to go like, into a war. Yeah, we're not going to see like fighter hats. No, but that's where no, yeah, that's you're, you're right. It is it is that symbol. That's where people go out there and, and yeah. they take these pictures of Dojo to put on their social networks, not because it's something cool. Not be, I mean, it, it is an epic trip to go out there, but it's it's primarily it's just because you're showing national pride. It's like this is ours, yeah. and it, it's national pride, and it's national pride about like about from the history of you know like pushing off our oppressors and and things like that. There's there's a lot of that to it, and so so Dojo is an interesting. Thing. and if you for for listeners if you're here in korea talk to korean people about it it's it's an interesting topic like and everyone knows everyone's got an opinion on it it is a topic that that everyone knows something about while you're here foreigner or korean alike yeah it's super fascinating yeah and yeah. uh yeah or or write us an email and, and ask me if i have any questions about it because i would i would love to to expand or again if you know anyone who's been on there longer i will buy them a beer um and and hear their story because i would be fascinated to, to hear it and, and be proven wrong i'm always happy nine nights i'm happy to be proven wrong <laughs> always I, I i know i'm not always right here so but I, I'm, awesome. I'm holding that claim at least for now um I, I don't know if we you know is this like uh uh appropriate to even add something onto this um Man, I, not I'm not going to follow related. that story. Okay, uh, like, I, I my material is like it's it's all like just B-roll. It's not not going to work. Okay, no. okay, like yeah. Smoke. I mean, that is uh, it is what an epic. Got? It's you an epic make... story. So I think we should uh, this should be the Dokdo episode. Yeah, and, no, uh, okay. We should leave it apparently in the can. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yes, but I, I really would love to hear if anyone has any questions or opinions about Dokdo, like, please let me know. This is something that I, I kind of know a lot about. And uh, it'd be fascinating to hear what other people have to say or think or agree or disagree. I, I like disagreements as well. So as, as Jack has said many, many times before, shoot us an email and we will read it out loud. What is it? The soul patch at gmail.com, That's right. right? The soul patch at gmail.com. We will read your, but uh, S E O U L is the, uh, you know, the pun. Don't forget the pun. Um, I just I'd like one last question for you though, but has this like, oh, yeah. has this changed your um, mentality about like, you know, saying, are, are you, are you more uh, reticent to say yes to something given how it turned out or is, I mean, I mean, it's such a cool story that it would probably say, make anything, me more I'm, I'm likely more, to say yes, you know, to I'm more, more likely to say yes yet again. I always, I mean, yeah. I think we talked about this, like really in our, one of our early episodes, one of the reasons I came to Korea is just saying yes. And just like, yeah, what the hell let's, let's go to Korea. Um, and I mean, that's kind of how life has been is just, yes, yes, yes. And I mean, I've got tons of travel stories about that as well. And those are not Korea related. And so we don't need to talk about them. But it's like I was, you know, on some island or I was in Thailand or whatever. And some people were like, hey, do you want to do this? And I was like, what the hell? And those ended up being the coolest stories that I have. And yeah, like my Dokdo story at the time, it was stressful. I was not a happy camper. I really wanted to come home. But now it's one of the coolest Korea stories that I have. Mm-hmm. So I would absolutely do it again, even knowing what was going to happen. I would just pack more food and another book. <laughs> um and yeah, I would absolutely do it again. And I would absolutely, if somebody else said like, hey, do you want to go out to this other island or this other thing? Sure. What the hell? As, as long as I'm not worried about work or something like that. Yeah. Sign sign me up. Let's, let's, let's go fishing. Yeah. So I think that's the, I would say that's the, uh, the moral of the story here is definitely uh, say yes. Say yes to everything, man. Always. Like just, tr- you know, yeah. Um, and that's, I mean, that is the, I think every traveler that I've come across because I, I would say you know even though we live here and this is like we have a career and we built a life in Korea um, there's still that kind of traveler mentality I think is just um, I, already we were you know it took a lot to say yes just to come to Korea in the first place or mm. to you know come to Asia but um, I, I'm telling you the yeah uh, the more you say yes the the more uh, you know the, the things that you'll experience are you'll take with you forever you know it's uh, yep yeah. All right. That's the stories. Awesome. Kevin, uh, thank you for sharing your uh your Doko yeah, story. It was awesome, dude. Yeah, glad uh, glad to share. It's fun to fun to talk about. I still in my mind, I just see like uh I see an island with one palm tree and uh you know what I mean? Like the uh it's just like like a little uh a hump and with a uh, one palm tree sticking out. But uh this is uh, uh it's not quite not quite so uh tropical, unfortunately, but yeah, right. yeah anyone can go out and Google yeah. anyone can go out and Google Dokdo and see what there's tons of tons of images of of the two islands and I mean they're just rocks 
out there. They're kind of big rocks, but they're just rocks. And <laughs> and again, check out the show notes. I'll I'll send you Jack. I'll get you that link right now so you can put that YouTube oh, yeah. clip up. Absolutely. We uh, we'll definitely put that in the uh, in the show notes so that people can link to that and check out that documentary. That's so cool that you were in a yeah. in a. Documentary. I only put the. It's only my part of the documentary, so you're not watching a full one hour Korean documentary. Um, it's only about seven minutes, and it is still only in Korean. You mean we just, don't get to learn about the seagulls? I mean, I, uh, if you want, Jack, I do have the entire file. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I will gladly send it to you. I, I have the whole thing. They, they send me they sent me a DVD for being on it, so I, I do have it. But I'm not going to put that on the the website. I'm kind of disappointed you never uh, got to find out what seagull tastes like. But uh, I, <laughs> no, no, just just yeah. fish. At the time we were there, the, the seagulls were, were that would have been like 14, 15 days. And I think you probably would have found out. But uh, <laughs> probably <laughs> um, right. thank you for uh, for joining us this evening at the Soul Patch podcast. Uh, you know where to find us. Apple Podcasts. We're on uh, Spotify, uh, Stitcher, uh, Google Podcasts. Uh, tune in. Um, you can also just go to our website, which is uh thesoulpatch.com and it's got all of the links to uh, places to download it if you want to watch it on the youtube channel uh our youtube channel is the soul patch podcast you can uh, uh like the videos uh you can subscribe to the channel we're always looking for more subs and uh, like kevin said send us an email at uh thesoulpatch at gmail.com and uh, we've made a promise. We're going to read the first email that we get out loud uh, on the podcast. Uh, win, lose, or draw. It's, uh, it's, it's coming out. Um, so be the first to uh, tell us what you think about us. And uh, that's it for tonight. I guess uh, we'll see you next week at the patch. So, uh, Kev, Brian, thanks, guys. Cheers. All right. Good night. Good night. To pay a couple respects to the people that made me what I am today. Nothing here. This all my love. This all my love. The quiet man. This all my love. This all my love. Dopamine. Jim. This all my love. This all my love. This all my love. The brain. This all my love. This all my love. Hey Bobby. Let the bass go.